Live from Sadler Studios for Stay Busy Women's History Month Part 2. It is Stay Busy with the boy, Armand Sadler. gentlemen welcome to another edition of stay busy with armand sadler where we have responsible discussions on the music business and the music culture thank you to everyone who tuned into our episode last week with swaggy c we had an incredible time but we're back again with another superstar it's the boy armand vegan chorizo poppy multiple miles monday poppy writer poppy i'm back the pen is back active it's getting hot it's getting hot outside and it's getting hot in these google docs and this medium page you feel me (laughs) (laughs) Y'all can follow me on social media at Armand Sather on both Twitter and Instagram. I'm not here alone. How you feeling, co-host, exec producer, all those things. What's up, y'all? The man of many hats, I guess I wear. Um, my name is Nick Early, y'all, co-hosting, executive producing. We're doing all kinds of stuff, man. I'm excited. I got to stay my tagline. You know, my, my tagline is the kombucha king. It makes your heart sing. You know how that goes. I've just, I've just been having a good time. Great day. Start off the day with a great meeting with the... Uh, the man Ahmad Davis. Shout out to Ahmad. Uh, we're just having a, a great, great day, and uh, I'm excited. Olivia has some great stuff coming up, but I'm gonna let our amazing host intro, intro our guest here. Yes. Yeah, so um, you all have heard from this person before. She popped in a couple months ago for our employee of the month segment. Shared some incredible insight with us. But we got to give y'all a proper introduction. So if you're wondering why, why Trippy Red social platforms are so incredible. Look no further than our guest from the West Coast now, kind of residing in, in Brooklyn, you know, half and half, back and forth, because she'd be busy, you know, she got to deal with the clients out on the West, and she got to deal with the clients out on the East. Lord knows she might end up in Texas too. <laughs> you never really know. But uh, along with that, she's hosting panels for women in music through her own venture, Amethyst Collab, Boss Talks for the Women, everything is woman-based with this guest, which is incredible because there are some incredible women voices in the industry that we need to hear from. They are doing the damn thing. So if you want to enjoy someone who spreads the facts on social media and Clubhouse as to how artists and their teams can optimize their platforms and just move the right way in this industry, none other than our incredible guest, Olivia Shalhope. How are you, Olivia? Hey, guys. Glad to be back here. On my yes. favorite music business podcast. What's yes. up, guys? Oh, it's an honor. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. It's, it's good to have you back. We told you we told you we was gonna get you back, and we do not we do not lie. So it's it's good <laughs> to have you here for a full episode. Yeah. We're gonna get into some real fun stuff, some insightful stuff, and hopefully give you artists some gems on how, how you can make make your social media as popping as your music is. Um, in the meantime, we want to give some shout outs to our listeners. Shout out to everyone tapping back in. First time returning, new listeners, last time listeners, crazy. Also shout out to our YouTube subscribers, the people who listen on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you leave us a review, five-star review, as it'll help us grow. But whether you like Twitter or IG, Chopped and Screwed or Hyphy, TikTok or Vine, and Tequila or Wine, 
Now, you, you know we got to talk about these comparisons, so how y'all feel about those? I, I feel like you should have done chopped and screwed or jersey like a jersey remix uh, you know what i'm saying uh, like good point oh, yeah. but okay. but hyphy shout out to the west coast we do the hyphy uh -huh. <laughs> um is for me i don't know as of late it's been twitter ig has kind of fallen off for me i'm just like kind of whatever on ig so it's been twitter like so far as my actual entertainment mm -hmm. and i would say it's it's probably hyphy and then mm -hmm. yeah, uh, i had a you know, it had you know my relationship with Vine back in the day. So oh, we know, we funny know. story. So Olivia, I had a Vine that went viral randomly. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Is it one it. I would know? Which one was it? So I don't know. We'll play a clip for you at some point. Um, okay. Probably after we we'll finish here. But it was a, a Vine that I did, and it was like this was when I'm different was hot. So like I randomly, I don't know why, grabbed the mustard bottle out of my fridge. And went to the piano and played the I'm dun, 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 back in like 2013 or 20, yeah, like 2013. And I played it and I was like, Must it on the Vigo? And everyone went and it went by. <laughs> and so that's, that's like so my vine. vine. That's like that's plastic vine humor. Right. That's my vine claim to fame. So I'm going to go with vine because I'm still figuring TikTok out. But it's funny, I was on TikTok a lot, but when it was still musically and I mm -hmm. folded on that. But, anyways, mm -hmm. and then of course, tequila. <laughs> I love tequila. Okay, run, <laughs> run these back one time. You were talking so fast. <laughs> my bad, my bad. So we got Twitter or or Instagram. Okay, let's do definitely. I like Instagram. I like tweeting better than I like posting, but I mm -hmm. like watching Instagram because I'm more of like a visual person. I don't want right. to be doing all that reading all the time. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, mm -hmm. that's a little much. Um, yeah. But okay. yeah, I like visuals. I like videos, pictures, stuff like that. Um, so I tend to lean toward and I feel like the, I'm the last person standing on Instagram though because I know algorithmly <laughs> is getting annoying yeah. um, but I love it as like a fun social platform but business-wise I'd say Twitter for sure mm -hmm. okay. um, what was then, the next question then we got TikTok. chopped and screwed or, or hyphy okay chopped and screwed for sure I love that like yeah I love that southern sound um I like chopped and screwed I don't know it's one of those things that's like you don't grow up with it so you like it you know what I'm saying because mm -hmm. we grew right. up on that west coast yeah, yeah, sound yeah um okay. and then, then the next TikTok one was, or vine okay vine was cool because it was only six seconds and you couldn't make it longer mm -hmm. TikTok, they're doing too much with these one minute like stories come back for part two like almost using it in like a youtube vlogger style which i don't mm -hmm. like i like those like i like comedy you know i like those funny vines like music style stuff mm -hmm. is cool so yeah i would bring back vine if i could or at I, least I, shorter time shorter limits form, yeah TikTok. shorter form yeah yeah, like when we saw a lot of those comedians who were funny on Vine, when they had to do a minute long video on IG, it was like, oh, you're actually not yeah. that funny. Like, yeah. you, you can't yeah. hold my attention for that long. Huh. Yeah, you can't let them talk for too long. Like, who was that yeah. guy who used to do the annoying voices? How old are, are you guys the same age as me? I'm like, you remember like the Fred guy? He was oh, so annoying. And Wait. he had a YouTube channel. Is this the white dude that was kind of older? Yes. His name's Frank. Yeah, and then Frank it came Cast out he was like mad old, like he was Frank an adult. Costa something, but he does yeah. like the Morgan Morgan Freeman impersonation, the George W. Bush, that guy. No, definitely okay. not doing anything serious. <laughs> like he would just talk in this like high pitched voice. Maybe I'm being crazy, but I'll send it to you guys mm. later. But it was okay. too much. It was like, oh my god, like keep please keep this guy to six seconds. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, yeah, let's bring that back for sure. TikTok, take some notes, please. 15 seconds. <laughs> <top>. <laughs> and lastly, tequila or wine? 
Definitely wine. Tequila knocks me out. I'm a lightweight. So tequila is like if I'm going out. I like white wine. Okay. I drink like literally like a 16 year old who has a fake ID. I drink like Moscato. (laughs) Like, Ah, yeah, I'm I'm not, I don't have a very like cultured palate. (laughs) I I could get Stan to get into it more probably at some point. Um, I'm not a big drinker. I'm definitely more into like, am I allowed to say smoking? Yeah. Okay. I'm like, am I allowed to talk about (laughs) weed on here? (laughs) I don't know. Just yeah, yeah. I'm in California, guys. Write that down. But yeah, definitely more into like smoking weed than drinking. So if I drink, it's gonna be like a wine. Or if I'm going out, I'll do like tequila shots. But I won't oh, like ooh. sip tequila. So you either go yeah. hard or it's just not. Or it's you more chill. No right, middle right. ground for me. No yeah. Yeah. I, I don't like sip mixed that's drinks. That's just that's too that's much. Word, word. Uh, we want to give a special shout out to the After School Program podcast for bringing on our co-host, executive producer, singer, songwriter, yeah. Peloton employee. He, he finally <laughs> let us know where he works. He finally well, let us know where he works. Out of the world. You know, I, I just, I just, I be trying to keep certain things separate. You know, just for. I feel things, you. you know, but um, I with them, I felt like, you know, I, I needed to at least speak on it. And, and it was it was a very honest conversation. Great time. I, so shout out to uh, my guys, Zach and Connor, you know, over at, over at after school program. So that was that was really fun conversation. And I felt it's honor. It's a, it's an honor to like someone wants to talk to you and you're like, yeah, you know, about yeah. your life because you, you know, you're living your life, you're doing everything. And yeah. I guess you, you it's like I said, it's humbling and it's an honor when people are kind of noticing things and seeing what you're doing and want to talk to you about it and so regardless of the scale of any platform it's just always an honor so shout out to my guys yeah yeah we really enjoyed that episode listeners make sure y'all check that out if you haven't of course we want to shout out our vp of everything the man that you cannot see but you feel kieran hurley holding us down on the ones and twos the backbone of the podcast zoom maestro uh, we want to shout out anchor our distribution platform if you do not know by now anchor will distribute your podcast for free to all streaming platforms and you can get some sponsored ads regardless of your listenership of course, shout out to Zoom, allowing you to see our beautiful, melanated, hydrated faces. Everyone's skin is glistening. You feel me? Because it's, it's only beautiful. We beautiful mm-hmm. and busy on this side. Beautiful for Stay Busy <laughs> Women's History Month. But very, very aggressive new music weekends. So, so let's jump into this chat. Actually, we got some news before we get to new music. So Square acquired the majority rights to title and Jay-Z has joined their board. Social media blew up about it. Hove tweeted for the first time since like 2018. So you know it was a big deal if Hove opened up his Twitter app. It's probably like on page four of his iPhone, but he, he was here. Uh, Olivia, how, how, how'd you feel when you saw that? Yeah. Oh my God, I'm such a Jay-Z fan, you guys. I love him from like a business perspective, from a music perspective. Um, but from a business perspective, back when I started Amethyst in 2018, I wrote this article on like why I thought title was so cool and like had so much potential. So it was cool to kind of see that like validate my vision, like titles definitely turning into more than a streaming platform. Um, and I'm excited to see what they do next, because I think that Jay-Z and Jack have some stuff up their sleeve for sure. I'm so, so excited. I, I totally agree with you on that, because I was re- when I was reading you know about it and i read jack's tweet when he was talking about you know sort of the collaboration how it came together and what the vision is going to be you see that i mean from title's inception i'm sure you can speak to this as well olivia is that title was about the artists and giving you know they pay out the most to the artists they they Mm -hmm. credited there's a full credits list on there when you you stream you know so they're very much so about giving the creators their due um within the confines of you know being a dsp and whatnot but still being artists front forward and doing the things to actually put it put it there in, in front and 
thinking about what Square has done, you know, with sort of leveling the paying field with the little Square thing, you know, allowing businesses to do that and be able to take card in a mobile sense. And then with Cash App and then thinking about now what they're going to do in music. So I know it's going to be a great collab with finance because that's really empowerment for a lot of these, you know, independent artists or just artists in general is having the financial backing. So, and it's going to, we're going to get into it in our half and half today, kind of a, how the industry is going, I guess, in a pandemic, people getting creative with trying, finding other ways to make money with their art. So uh, I'm very, very excited for that. I, I want to see what Tyler's going to be doing. Yeah, should be awesome. Yeah. We are artists first and we want to see the creators benefit as much as they can through various revenue streams. So shout out to Title, and we can't wait to see what, you know, further details come from this. Let's jump into our new music because we really haven't analyzed new music releases, but this weekend was worthy of a lot of discussion. So uh, first and foremost, we got, and this wasn't just any normal release, uh, Drake, Scary Hours 2 EP. Uh, he brought back OVO Sound Radio, but it's on a new home on Sirius XM. He also introduced the Sound 42 radio station, which is a 24-hour radio station where you'll be able to hear music at all times. So at 10.30 p.m. Eastern on Thursday, everyone was by their computers or on their phones listening to Heady One and Lil Durk and Pooh Shiesty and a bunch of other artists. And then midnight, uh, the new tracks debuted. We got three tracks this time. Uh, what's next? We got Want and Needs with Lil Baby, and we got the Lemon Pepper Freestyle with the boss, Rick Ross. Ooh-hoo. I can say they very easily all, Drake went three for three there. Um, the What's Next also got a video, really cool video, riding around the whip with Chrome Hearts interior. We're wearing the Pell Pell, hanging out with the, hanging out with the OVO squad. It was just, it was real, real cool, man. I'm, I'm really happy. And it's crazy to see that at this stage, and it's not crazy, but like to think about how great he's been for so long and that he's only getting better and better as, as an artist um it's it's, it's amazing it's to see as, as as a fan it's it's truly amazing to it's see as a fan spooky. how'd y'all feel about the the, yeah. the whole release night experience because th- this was like a worldwide listening party like it, it wasn't yeah. just i'm dropping an ep it was yeah. yo and like everyone is tuning in like pay attention to me yeah that's such a classic Drake moment, right? Like when Scorpion came out, I felt like mm-hmm. the same way. I felt like we were all listening. Like no one wasn't listening to Scorpion that night. Like everyone was staying up, waiting. Like this is, Drake has owned that where his releases have just naturally become listening parties, which is insane. Like who else can you say that about besides like the greats, you know? Um, so that's, of this generation, I think he really is like one of the first people that it just transcends like genre boundaries, like gender boundaries. I feel like everyone is listening to him. There's not like a certain demographic that taps into Drake. So yeah, it was revolutionary, it was dope. Like, and of course the three songs are, so, they're all good. Like so many one-liners, um, all my Instagram captions taken care of for the next <laughs> month, you know, that's how Drake is. Um, I haven't peeped yeah. the video yet. I need to, cause he's hilarious with video, visuals. Videos mm-hmm. tight, shout out to Theo Scudger on that video, yeah. super dope. Okay. And I, what I really love is that he always finds new ways to one, utilize his house, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but he's going to show you the house. Right. Yeah. And he spent so much money on it and he never, he low key never has to leave the ho- the property to ever shoot a video again. Like he could just shoot all his videos from the house because mm-hmm. there's so many angles and whatever, but they always find new ways to like put on for Toronto. So like there's a shot in there and I don't, without ruining it, but there's a shot where he's on whatever that thing, the tower is called in Toronto. Mm-hmm. It's like a shot where 
it's like from the angle is like from the top of the needle looking down at him, but he's still on top of the and he's looking out at the city. And it's kind of like it's like green screen animated, but it's it's really dope. Uh, and you just think about like, wow, these shots are just amazing. Like he just and every level he levels up. And yeah. it's just it's spooky because it's like yeah. there's there's no ceiling. There's no ceiling on this man. So it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. We also got an update on certified lover boy. Well, no date really, but just that he is actively working. Uh, it is in the pot. So he, he's cooking up back in the studio with 40 and Oliver. Um, my, my guess, and I think this is kind of selfish. I think it's going to be a, a June release. My, my birthday, June 25th is on a Friday this year. So it would be amazing to get that on, on my birthday or just <laughs> in, in the birthday month in general. Right, right. Um, but I, I feel like he's going to go for, for for the summer release like scorpion was a summer release but you know scorpion was kind of muddied by the whole push a t thing and you know it was it was too long people were complaining about that so i feel like he's gonna go for a clean summer album type of feel but you know to time will tell with that um another incredible release we got silk sonic debuted with the single leave the door open now silk sonic is bruno mars and anderson pack um, the album will be hosted by Bootsy Collins, but you know, for everyone who was doubtful or apprehensive or concerned as to what these two would sound like together, I think Leave the Door Open just quieted any of those doubts. What a song. What a song. I have thoughts. That was cool. Olivia, please go first. Um, okay. Yeah, you probably have more to say than me. So either of those artists aren't people I would necessarily listen to just like from my taste. But when I heard their collabing, you can't not respect either of them, right? Sound wise, yeah. like taste or not, you got to recognize these are two incredible artists who are like very intentional with every part of their artistry. So putting them together, I knew it was going to be cool, but I didn't expect it to be something that I would like have on repeat, um, which I have. I've been like playing it all morning. It's super like calming, just like good, good energy. Um, I cannot wait to see what else they put out together. I'm excited. Yeah. Go ahead, Nick. <laughs> I know Nick got a sermon. <laughs> <laughs> he looks excited. Ah, oh, wow. Where do I begin? Um, this just this is a moment where I, I put out a tweet. Uh, I, the, I think the day after, the morning after that, it came out, mm-hmm. and the more Friday morning because I I waited and listened at, at night, and it was basically a tweet outlining all the 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 artists so bruno is 35 pack is 35 d mile who produced it is 36 and then brody brown who's also on there is 42 and when you hear the track all i could think of is you know it, it has a lot of uh reference to obviously soul and and these guys are, are i would say the stewards of that sound right now and keeping that alive in a pop sense, in a sense of where everybody's listening to it. Because way back when, that was the sound of pop radio. You know, it was that was the sound. And so it's great to see that this music is being kept alive in, like I said, in a general sense, because there are artists who have been doing this music since it's never gone away. And I want to make that a point um, because they don't, they're not the only few doing it. But it's just that's just the product you get when you don't skip steps when you don't skip steps on the craft that's just what happens like and they're just heating up like i feel like i feel like pack is just heating up he's been he's paid he's put in his work for years before he even got a look that's why he talks about having the little dot before the pack he said he's been overlooked so you're not going to look at the details anymore mm. and so 
it's just that's just what you get when you don't skip the steps. I mean, from the arrangements to the vocals to the the performance, the delivery, and I love the way and I I'm already knowing this is gonna happen on the project. They're gonna take the lead on different like singing yes. lead on th- on songs. I loved Pack on the lead for this one and Bruno on the hook, and then you get Bruno the ad libs. It, it just uh there's I, I tweeted Dima and I said thank you. Wow. I'll be studying this record for years. I'll be studying it for years because it all, just I can get into a bunch of musical things about it too that are I think I don't want to be too technical, but mm-hmm. it's just one of those records that at the end of the day, someone who's never heard them before will feel great about it. Someone who doesn't listen to this type of music would love the song. It's just mm-hmm. great, objectively great. And I think that's weird to say. Like very few pieces of art are just objectively good. Whether you mm-hmm. like it or not, you're just gonna accept it. You have to respect it. Mm-hmm. And so that I'm I'm just so happy to see that soul and R and B stuff that's so true to to that to black music is is getting put out there. Yeah. In, in a in a world capacity. So man, I and that's just an iceberg of my thoughts on it. But I'll keep it there. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm actually glad you made that point about them taking leagues. I had, I had an interesting conversation this past weekend with Master Fanko. Shout out to Fanko. Uh, he said Anderson Pack is like the textbook number two star on a basketball team. He's basically the Pippin of music. He can play a starring role on his own, but playing a contemporary role for a bigger star always suits him better. And this is this is his second favorite artist behind Kendrick. So, like, how 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 do you feel like hearing that? Like, do you feel like that's that there's truth to that? Is that like almost kind of like a slight to him or I would say I wouldn't say him that I wouldn't say that he's better in the background I wouldn't mm-hmm. say that because I'm one of those people that's a champion of musicianship being in the front because that's how it used to be it used to be if you were on stage you either sang something or you played something right and very much so now because of the access the way music can get created it's kind of like like I said people are skipping steps and they get on stage and you can't see, you know, they show, they show their, their flaws or the mistake, the things that the steps they skipped or whatnot. So saying that he's like the Pippa music, I think he's also just getting started in a sense of like, we haven't seen Pac do so many collabs across different genres or say mm-hmm. that I would be like, Oh, Pac is such a star. He's a great, you know, co-star. Um, I, I get what he was going for. Shout out to Fanko. What's good. I, I get where you're going with it, but I would say Pac is, definitely a standalone and he holds his own merit and i think his career like i said we just said just getting started because before malibu if you were really tapped into venice and and other things like that and breezy lovejoy prior to that you really know but he's like in the you know world sense i mean he toured malibu for a long time then he's mm-hmm. just getting started so i i wouldn't say he's established himself as the number two yet because i think he's a number one in his own capacity because mm-hmm. not even bruno is upstairs on the stage playing drums and this and then the third and doing all that he can do that let's not get it twisted but like it's core to anderson's artistry like that's how mm-hmm. he's branded so i i you know i respect that opinion but i definitely think that that anderson is just getting started his, on his own um, all right in his own lane and with bruno there was some conversation on the timeline uh, i saw an article i think complex put it out where people were questioning whether he was appropriating black culture and and he said, you know, like I've I paid my dues. Like if 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 you're questioning me, then I don't really know what to say to you anymore. And like people on the timeline were like, yeah, I feel like Bruno's trying to figure himself out still. Like I don't know 
what his lane is. And I'm just like, I feel like he's been this soulful pop artist his whole career. Like that, I've never really been confused as to what he's trying to do. And it hasn't seemed like he's been trying to find himself either. I think like he came in the game with, you know, the, the track with a uh, BOB and that was like a big pop type record. And since then he's, he's stuck with that, like grenade, um, talking to the moon, like kind of towing that line between R and B soul and pop, but like making R and B soul that goes pop because he has such a big fan base. So I, I was really intrigued by that, especially the, the whole appropriation portion of it. So uh. I get it. And I saw the thing when he was on with, uh, it was him pack and then Charlemagne was talking to them. Is that the clip you're talking about? It was, it was a complex article. Yeah. Well, the one I yeah. saw, they actually sat down and spoke on it oh, okay. and, and uh, pack and you know, Pac was just kind of sitting there just like, you know, and Bruno was saying, you know, I've always shown love. I he, And he said, the point of all this is that I wouldn't be anywhere without these guys, without these people. Like, I literally wouldn't be anywhere. And I mean, Bruno from the gate, his first album's called Unorthodox Jukebox. Like, <laughs> that's his whole shtick. Like, his whole thing is that he's recreating music from the past and putting a modern spin on it at the highest level. And he said, I forget the exact words that he used, but he, he said it very clearly, you know, saying like, I mean, it's just coming out of a place of love from the standpoint of, you know, you know, I'm like he said, I'm nothing without these people. I'm nothing without them. And when he got, you know, when he was on the Grammys and he won, when he swept and he said, look, this is this is Teddy Riley. This is uh, Jerry, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Like, this is all of them. This mm -hmm. ain't really me. And getting on that stage and doing that because it's so easy to take the credit. For all the work you put in but really knowing that it's you're nothing without these other people i think is really important so yeah um appropriation i guess but when people no love black music if you will if you will i guess you're saying any artist is appropriating black music if you will because black music is everywhere you know um but i'm especially aware and fond of people who are not black but who consistently Act, know how to act in the house they're they're a good guest mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what i'm saying if you will they're a great guest yeah he takes his shoes off he says please and thank you he he <laughs> cleans up after he eats he, he washes his own plate you know what i'm saying he, he brings a housewarming gift like <laughs> he, he, he does his part yeah. he can stay in the house he's a good guest in the house and those are the people that you want to have around because when they leave, they're a reflection of the house, right? And so I think that, you know, I think there's, and there's so many of them, but people who are not black making black music, you need to be a good guest. You're a company. And that's just what it is. You'll never be, you know what I'm saying, a family member in that sense. But you are a good, you can be family friend and you can be just like family if you know mm -hmm. how to act in the house. And mm -hmm. Bruno knows how to act in the house. So I Absolutely. think we need to let that go. We need to let go of people trying to say that he's appropriating because he's not in the sense of technically, if you will. Yeah. But not in the sense that it, where it actually matters. He's, he's pushing the culture forward. He's saying names like Ted, Teddy Riley and Jimmy Jam in front of people who probably never heard those names. You know what I'm saying? He's doing the, the criteria, if you will, to, like I said, be a good guest. So that's, mm -hmm. that's what I got to say about that. Stop saying that. Bruno makes good <laughs> All love to brother Bruno Mars. Cannot wait to hear this album. Uh, lastly, SZA dropped the Good Days video. 
in the outro there was a teaser for her next song i actually didn't get to see the video yet so i'm, I'm, I'm gonna let y'all take the floor uh, uh, olivia how'd you feel olivia oh my god you guys she consistently makes videos that encapsulate how her music makes you feel like mm. good days to me i think i associate good days with like sitting you know in my room in the winter in silk pajamas smoking a blunt you know like that's how <laughs> I feel about good days and she captured that in this video like in that shroom garden um Armand not to give it away I guess but you know she's sitting in this like shroom garden and it's very SZA-esque it even so kind SZA. of carries over right carries over kind of from her like control era even um and then the pole dancing oh my god of course I love yep. that um <laughs> I thought that was so, I, I don't know. I got to see if that's her. I bet she posted about it or no, something. I think it's but her. That's because that's hard shit. Like that is really, really real. years and years of training. Like, um, oh my God, it's just crazy that she can do these moves that like very seasoned pole dancers, like probably can't even, like these are very, very highly sought after like moves that she's Athletic. doing. So it's, it's crazy. Yeah. And it's crazy that she, I don't know how much time she's like spent practicing or if it's like a passion of hers as well, but it was just really cool to see that stuff incorporated um, in a library. What? Like she's so like, she's so weird. And it's so great because I feel like she taps into like all of our weird and makes us feel like that weird is validated. Um, and yeah, she just, Oh my gosh, she did it again. I'm the biggest, like, SZA is, like, my number one, you know, artist. Um, I have control, like, framed in my other apartment. Oh, wow. um, yeah, like, I, like, love, it's one of the four albums that I have framed, and it's, oh my god, I just love her, but I have always kind of wanted more from her visuals, to be okay. fair, and I think that she gave me that with Good Days, Very that nice. she didn't give me in the control era. Really quick, let's talk about two things. So, one, I want to know why you know, tell us officially, why does SZA resonate with the ladies so heavily? Because I feel like there is artists that, that are lady artists that, you know, like the guys just love, love her, love her. But like SZA really, like the ladies really resonate with her. Same with Summer. But why is that? Why is that? As a lady, I think because she is the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? She doesn't, whereas her and Summer both do this, where they talk about, um, all these these things and these feelings and emotions that I feel like a, a lot of women go through and especially like when control came out I was in college and oh I lived with five women <laughs> you know DC city life we were all packed into a two-bedroom apartment and wow. that album it never stopped playing I don't think like we were cooking we were watching insecure we were like whatever we were doing control was in the background and I think it's because there was a song for like how each of us felt um you know, wow. supermodel, like what women hasn't had those thoughts before, like, am I warm enough for you? You know, she just goes through like insecurity, love, sex in a way that is just so raw. Um, whereas maybe in the pop world, um, it's kind of like a glossed over. All of those topics yeah, yeah, are glossed yeah. over or like sugar coated. Um, yes, whereas she right is here. kind of yeah. exactly <laughs> she stripped them down and uh, yeah, oh my gosh, just and the, of course, like the musical aspect to it, which you guys can probably understand a little more like technically it's all just like beautiful music but the sentiment yeah. is really there I yeah, think no, for women I, I I would say like when when it comes to I think for the ladies ladies listen to lyrics y'all really have a yeah. great I soundboard yes. my a lot of my music to like most of my homegirls that's really like where I yeah. focus on because y'all tap into and and this whole throughout this whole episode I want to preface this because I feel like 
you know, as a man, correct me if I'm saying anything that sounds weird or anything like that. Just jump in and say, say it like this, you know, (laughs) just the whole time. I feel like y'all tap into a different level of emotion that like, we don't want to recognize as in ourselves, Right. Oh my God. A hundred percent. Like for example, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no, no. You finish what you're saying. Yeah. So for example, I was, I was doing a song and shout out to my homegirl key. What up key? Kira. Um, I was, I was playing her a song that I was or a, a draft of a, a song. And in my heart, I was feeling like, dang, I feel like I'm holding back in one part of the song. And I hadn't said it to really anyone in the studio or not. And then I played it for her. And she's like, yeah, that part you're holding back and I can hear it. Mm. And I'm like, how did you just, how did you just pick yeah. that out of, you know, from just one listen, how did you pick that out? And so y'all are tapped in, in such a, a great way to music when, it, when, so far as how it makes you feel. And then y'all are also very tapped into the story and what are y'all actually yes. saying? And I think that's why Scissor's pen is just so relatable because she's there one from the craft standpoint. And then two, she's not afraid. She's fearless in being able to put her heart on her sleeve in a way that's so easily delivered. Um, and so, yeah. and that's why I think people resonate with her. But secondly, too, I want to talk about when you talk about, you know, rollout, I'm finding with this project that I'm more invested in what's next because of how she's rolling out the videos. And each video is like it was hit different, teasing good days. Now it's good days, teasing this new joint. And so, like, I'm very yeah. invested into how that is going to happen and also how that's going to be in the rollout. So can you speak a little bit more about how that rollout has made you feel so far as, like, the visuals and you say an investment in, in SZA? Yeah. Um, first of all, I'm excited to see her leveling up visually because, like I said earlier, I feel like that's been the missing puzzle piece for her. Um, and because her, her songs are so powerful that you can only... I think visuals are, like, one of the best parts of, of music in general. Yeah. I really, really love... So like cool. all day I won't be playing music from Spotify I'll have like music videos on my TV yeah, like I just yeah, find yeah. them so telling about an artist and I think she's ready to tell her story like that I don't know if she was necessarily ready in the control era but I think this shows a shift in her artistry where she's like I'm gonna bear a little bit more of my soul now like first I, I bared my soul to you lyrically and now here I am coming to you visually with my story so I'm really excited. Um, and what you said about women listening to lyrics, that's so true because whenever my roster is, is heavily male and whenever I'm in the studio with, with my artists, obviously I won't name any names, but they're all like rappers and they say certain things and I'll be like, oh, what, why did you say that? And they're like, what's just lyrics? Like, what? why are you dogging me? And I'm like, but why, like, do you feel that way? Is that how you feel? And they are like, oh, why do you talk like a therapist? But that's just like how women digest music, I feel like, because I'll be like, well, why, why'd you say that? Why would you say something if you don't mean it? Um, and it's definitely like something that kind of tends to go over their head. They'll be like, it's just like, it's just rap or whatever. I'm like, but that's like your artistry, right? Like you're, because yeah. I listen to music like that. Like exactly. every word I like listen to it and be like, okay, like that's how you feel. And I think Drake, I don't know what he did. He must have some really good women on his team because he does that so well. Like he, yes. every single word means something in his songs. He doesn't have filler lines. So whatever he did, everybody else should get on that because he's good at it. Artist, I'm telling you, it's a key. I've done it for myself. Soundboard your music with the ladies, with women. They, yes. they got it. 
they know. <laughs> they know. We do. We do. They and know. I've had a lot of ANRs say the same thing. Like a lot of the female ANRs who come on my platform, we do like a regular woman in ANR talk. They'll be like, oh, they're an asset because some clients like won't even think about putting out a song before running it by a female ANR. And that's, that's it's value. Great, I think it's that's value, a great you know? strategy. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, this is why it's been said for years now. Women are the tastemakers in the culture. Like when, when you're going out to a club and you see women screaming to a song, you know, oh, that that song is it. Like Nick said, yes. when you send a, send a song to, to a woman and they actually give you critique beyond, oh, this beat is dope. You, you, you sound good. But she's actually telling you about the songwriting like that. That stuff matters. This is why we're doing Stay Busy Women's yeah. History Month, because the women in the music industry just get it on a completely different different level not to i'm doing up up motions not not down motions <laughs> up motion <laughs> women are elevated yeah, we here they there thinking is elevated it's elevated we here they're there yeah don't yes. worry we don't get it twisted yeah it, <laughs> it is i think that's the strategy especially with like r&b particularly is like once yes. the ladies love it the guys will love to. it you have to yes. make music for the women. Like toxic R&B is cool, but the R&B that makes yes. women feel nurtured and, and loved and warm, that's the those stuff that Those are the platinum albums. Longevity, there you go. Yes, those are the ones yes. that'll get framed, you know? Yes. Those are, those are that's the difference between like a nice little Bob R&B album and like an R&B album that's carried over for years and years and years. Like I think Shea Butter Baby is a good example of one of those albums. Mm-hmm. Perfect example. Um, over it, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, those are also the th- three out of the four albums I have framed. The fourth is Lemonade, <laughs> of course. But um, yes, I just think R&B is so, and even though in my daily life I might lean towards more like rap or drill and stuff, R&B is so powerful. It's so long lasting. Oh, yes. yes. It's that mm-hmm. nourish, that soul nourishment. Come on. Soul yeah. nourishment. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love this conversation we got into. Uh, but all this talking, I know I'm parched. Got the water here. I don't know if Olivia's sipping anything. I know Nick over there. I got what, coffee, what, what, guys. I'm not, I'm okay. not good like you guys. That's <laughs> such a perfect segue. So funny you said you had coffee because right here I got the amazing shout out to Mudwater. Mudwater is an amazing coffee alternative. That's the way I look at it. Um, and that's how they brand themselves. Is it's, It has one-seventh of the caffeine of a cup of coffee and none of the crash. So I wasn't necessarily a huge coffee drinker but someone i need i like a little boost in the morning and i was typically using just you know teas i like different types of teas and i saw an ad for this and i said you know what let me try it because i really love chais masala chai is one of the main bases with black tea ginger cardamom cloves nutmeg black pepper and i've been drinking this. this is my second refill here and it's just been amazing they do it like on a subscription basis and i felt better i've maybe do two three cups in the beginning i was drinking like two three cups a day um, mostly hot and it was just an amazing little energy kick natural like a kind of a nice and then it just lets you down nor not very nice and easy no crash and i've really been enjoying it now i've been putting it in my smoothies here trying mm. to in the cold variety and, and i've been mixing with protein shakes after a workout put a little protein shake and with a little bit of mud water in there um, and it's been really good so this is uh something i've been enjoying so shout out to mud water for that my water get at us yo i i like this i like this um, but anyways our half and half is coming out of the rolling stone by samantha his song this is something that was really interesting to me i had to do some more background research and i'm still figuring it out but i want to kind of hit the general ideas and i think olivia will have some some very nice uh, input on this uh this is 
something that's happening now in the, I guess in the pandemic out of, out of parameters and out of stressful situations, you know, we create greatness and creativity. And so Kings of Leon will be the first band to release an album as an NFT. So that's, term has been floating around a little bit in twitter and i when i've seen it a few times and not known what it was so i looked it up and so this past friday uh march 5th of this year it was released uh the kings of leon released when you see yourself which was as a non-fungible token so nft stands for non-fungible token which is a type of cryptocurrency and so it became the first band to ever do so so the band is dropping three types, three parts of the token in, in this series, and I'll get into that in a second. But first to describe what an NFT is. So NFT is a type of cryptocurrency, like I said, but instead of holding money, they hold assets. So like an art, like art or tickets and music. And so uh, they operate in a blockchain, which is basically a publicly accessible and transparent network. Anyone can see the details of an NFT transaction, same the way cryptocurrency works with bitcoin and all that anyone can see those records um so it's very interesting for me because also the value becomes subjective so it, they also kind of like have this sort of stock like characteristic to them so previously a lot of djs and producers had been utilizing this sort of as like an additional source of revenue in in, in the pandemic you know no ability to you know have money actually exchanging hands and whatnot um their partner kings of leon had partnered with a company called yellow heart which is basically allowing artists the platform to be able to sell these NFTs, these non-fungible tokens on their platform. So it creates this sort of FOMO, this sort of like, you know, they're doing a special, a special setup with this. So the token for the NFT is a limited amount. So the project is uh, going to be available, of course, on all streaming platforms. But their version on Yellowheart, the NFT version on Yellowheart, will be only, only uh, will have a special version that says the, the, it'll be priced at $50, including enhanced media, which is kind of like an alternate moving album cover, it's a digital download of the music, as well as a limited edition vinyl. The sale is only open for two weeks. So they started last Friday on the 5th and it's open only for two weeks. And after that, no more will be made and the NFT becomes a tradable collectible. So the CEO of Yellowheart had came out and said some really interesting things. He said, uh, quote, music has become great at selling everything except music. There's been a race to the bottom where for as little money as possible, you have access to all of it. Previously, it, it cost $20 to get to go get one song, end quote. So Yellowheart is uh, minting 18 unique-looking golden tickets as a part of the Kings of Leon uh, NFT release. Out of the 18, the band will auction six of them and vault the other 12 like a painter would to do with a rare piece of from uh, arts, a series of art. So what is happening, I guess, is now you know, people are trading these almost it's like experiential limited edition that's been kind of happening a little bit more but now it's really getting into the digital side is a cryptocurrency now and so artists may have the capacity now to be able to do special versions of releases or just any merch or content that is in the form of a cryptocurrency that can be sold and then also then traded to other people around and sort of this rare thing so I, I want you to speak a little bit more, Olivia, and I'll pose this question to the entire group, is that like we're, we're, we've been talking about in the half and half before and prior about digital experiences, artists creating avatars and being able to do brand partnerships with these avatars and sell merch through these avatars and sort of things like that. Fortnite, we've seen all the, the, the things above, but now we're seeing it 
in a real financial capacity, if you will, with cryptocurrency. So what are your thoughts on all this? And like seeing artists, I know Trippy's very much so on the cusp of like doing, being able to try everything because Tri- Trippy seems very free in trying different things and whatnot. And so what, how, you know, when, when you're working with an artist who's on the cusp of, of new ways to put out their art, what do you think about all this that's happening? Oh, I'm so excited. Um, also, being from the digital world and being somebody who a big part of my job is to believe in digital developments early, um, this is really exciting to me. It's I just think it's so crucial to never like write things off because they're confusing. So I think NFTs confuse a lot of people, myself included. I was very confused for so long. Like I've had so many conversations with like friends in the industry, like, okay, explain to me what this is. Um, especially after I think it was like Sway Lee announced his, that's when I was really like, okay, let me look into this. Um, and Trippy being someone who's very artistic, he does a lot of fashion collabs. Um, this seems something, seems like something that I'm excited to see how he'll lean into it. You know, I don't want to give, say anything yet. Um, that's for him to talk about. But I think because he's so artistic, you know, it'd be cool for him. And I'm excited to see artists need more like not just streams of revenue, but artists deserve more like sides to their business. They deserve to be able to diversify more. Um, and to see artists leaning into like the digital crypto world is really exciting for me. So curious to see how this goes with audio, with like songs and things like that. Um, but I think again, cause it's confusing. Maybe if we find like a very like accessible way of explaining NFTs or of talking about them. I think people will be more likely to like invest in learning about these things and even purchasing them. Um, Who was the electronic artist that just sold his NFT for like a shit ton of money and he's like not even that big of an artist? I need to find this article, but he's like, I had never heard of him personally. I'm not particularly tapped into the electronic world, but I know, you know, I, I consider myself like fairly in tune with that world and i had never ah. heard of him and he sold like a multi like thousand dollars that's who it is oh wow someone just typed it he yeah, went to cornell yeah, yeah. he went he to oh, no way. armand yeah. he went to that's cornell cool. he was so our slope day what was that freshman year freshman year i think he was slope that he was an opener in 2014 oh that's crazy an wow, opener crazy. and and how much someone find out how much he sold 11. it for but it was like 11.6 that's wow. crazy so it was like oh my god who knows what if imagine like beyonce starts selling nfts like imagine the value right and so like i think people also kind of got excited about like virtual concerts like ai and whatever um and that didn't really take off because it wasn't necessarily accessible like not everyone could have it it required like a couple thousand dollar investment per person to get that software but nfts are different because anyone could buy them right you don't need a particular software to buy them you just need the capital mm-hmm. to like buy them up front so i think this is interesting i think this is definitely something to keep our eyes on in the music industry yeah. this is amazing 11.6 million dollars that's crazy <laughs> that's crazy that's <laughs> Great. Imagine like anybody who's had a billboard top 200. And I mean, what? That, I, that I, potential is unlimited. I also believe Ilmine. I know Ilmine. Shout out to Ilmine. He's he's on that um, on that wave as well. He's always in, in front. I believe he auctioned the right to uh, a sample pack. He does a lot of sample packs for for producers and whatnot to make, you know, create sounds and files that they can put in their music and beats. But basically he. I believe auction went off for $6,000. It was called Alorium. And that was like the first time I ever I, a sample pack had ever been auctioned off. And 
it's just people are finding new creative ways to make bread and i'm just i'm I'm so so excited for this sort of stuff but yeah it does require a little bit i'm still figuring it out myself but it does require a little bit of like understanding and i think it'd be very important for us to break that down to a very Mm -hmm. tangible digestible way for just you know everyday person to understand but yeah it's just something that i mean homeboy made 11.6 in one shot Crazy. I have a One question shot, like, for you guys. Uh-huh. Could you guys see yourself purchasing any artist's NFT? I if would. you have the, the ability to own something like just you had from an artist? Oh, yes, yeah. Of course. It would probably depend on how invested I am in the artist. Like if Drake did it 100%, if Black did it 100%, if like Division oh, those or, are your or guys. Neo did it. Yeah, like it would probably be my guys because like I'm, I'm still learning a bit more about all this. And like, I, I love the point you made about how people kind of write something off when they don't understand it. I remember back in like 2017, 2018, when uh, Bitcoin first got popular and I was like, I don't really get this. I'm just going to not, not engage in it. But like, we've seen cryptocurrency grow all over time. And like, you know, music artists really push the envelope and people really get invested in these things when they see their favorite artists doing it. And this is also like, aside from music, it's really cool for financial literacy people to look at other ways to develop revenue streams and make money so i i really think this is going to pop off so yeah no, I, I would absolutely uh purchase probably probably based on well, who my favorite artists are but when i learn more about it and see you know the opportunity there then i think my interest will expand a bit i'm so excited for this <laughs> we need stay busy nfts but anyways yeah. that's my half and half y'all yeah exclusive <laughs> podcast episode that'd be cool you see you see see the maybe vision. the music business side has something here for for this too. that's what i'm saying 100%. i'm trying to get paid <laughs> yeah yes we are yes we are yeah imagine you do an interview like billboard does an interview with someone and they're like you can buy it you can trade it but you can't see it online like that would be pretty <laughs> cool i can think of a few like cool super high up industry people that i might actually be interested in that you know Business. one person owns it and it's tradable yeah. it, it's like collectibles it's, it's tradable like, we're, that's we're cool going back to that idea you know like collectible things from artists memorabilia this is a digital memorabilia which is so cool so this is yes. Yeah. I'm besides myself. It's so. Cool. I love it. I love it. Okay, uh, <laughs> let's let's move on to our employee of the month. Let's give another shout out to the homegirl Injira Perkins. <laughs> right. All right. Um, Injira Perkins is a publicist, freelance writer, and senior writer for Afrotech. Baltimore native, New York-based journalist lends her skillful pen to speak on topics that pertain to music, pop culture, tech, and business with an emphasis on amplifying the stories of Black people. Her words have been featured in several publications, including OK Player, Shadow and Act, The Gumbo, and Daily Rap Facts. In addition to her other career endeavors, Injera serves as the editor-in-chief of The Fourth Quarter, a Baltimore-based media outlet that strives to provide exposure for local artists and report on all things at the intersection of music, culture, sports, and more. If you didn't see my interview with her this past week for the Lifestyle NYC, had a great conversation with her. She speaks on her feelings on R&B, how she got into writing, how it feels to be a part of our very supportive writing community that really developed in, in the pandemic around like April, May 2020 and has continued since then, and why she was the 2020 quarantine MVP in writing, which I think she has a very strong claim to, if not being that. So one more time, shout out to the homegirl and Jared Perkins. Yes. Injira is dope. That's cool that you guys are spotlighting her because she is so dope. 
Yeah, no, nah, that's the, that's the homie. Very, very supportive, and she does great work. I feel like her 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 articles just keep getting better and better. So can't wait to see what she does this year. Um, but it's time to hear some tunes. So we're gonna jump into the slide deck. The best song wasn't the single, but you weren't either. All right. Um. So we are here. We got. Stay Busy Women's History Month, so we are playing tracks it's exclusively from the women. We're going to let our guest go first. What track did you bring for us, Olivia? All right, guys. I got Steady by Jem Chantel. Yeah, I rock the boat, but I'm steady. Don't act like you know me already. Aye, 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 you just met me. Aye, 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 you ain't ready. Yeah, I rock the boat, but I'm steady Don't act like you know me already Aye, 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 you just met me Aye, 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 you ain't ready Where the drum, where the bass at Off the fence, where my friends at Give a lot, try to get that No, I'm not, what you take back I know I'm gonna bring up that by Aaliyah in her style and stuff so it's cool and I like I love that it's just like a feel-good song yeah, yeah. um I almost envision like a big like Aaliyah style production for a music video like backup yeah. dancers choreo stuff like that I think would be just so like powerful for this song but it's cool it definitely makes you want to dance yes yes 100%, yes I love 100%. that song. Yeah, thank you for bringing that. That's hard. I'm about to save that to my Spotify right now. Yeah, um, <laughs> Brother Nick, what did you bring for us, good sir? I brought some stuff to get y'all going. This is an artist I really have been tapped into. Is duo, actually, uh, that I've been tapped into for a really long time. Uh, this is Lion Babe. But this is off their project that happened in 2019, Cosmic Wind. This is The Wave with Lion Babe featuring LaKaylee 47, produced by Astro Raw.
feel me? You feel me? Yeah. See, I, feeling see, I was, groovy. Yeah, I was, it was it was uh, in yeah, a groovy, groovy vibe. Cause they got they got on that project. She has, um, she's like my electronic Erica Badu. When listening mm. to that project, you listen to you're like, dang, you sound like Erica. But it's like it's it's very groovy, up tempo, feel good, electronic, soulful. I really love that genre, that pocket. Um, her and Kate Chinata, Lion Baby Kate Chinata, they would go crazy. She was actually, I found out about her in, in the group. She's her and a producer. I found out about her um, through, she's actually Vanessa Williams' daughter. Um, so she, uh, I found out that for Disclosure, she was on Dic- Disclosure's Carousel from 2015 and have an amazing song uh, on that project. And that's how I found out about Lion Babe. But amazing, amazing vocalist on that project. They got more like, you know, uh, if you will, trap and B commercial R and B stuff, but she hit. They just touch all types of pockets, and so I, that was the one I was feeling. The Kaylee Forty Seven is a spitter. If y'all not hit, please get hit. Hundred percent, yeah. <laughs> spitter. Love, love anything she's on. As soon as you said she was on this, good impression automatically. Right. Yeah, yeah. She's so fired. Right, right, and she's someone that like I've known about for a while, um, because of the mask, obviously, and just her her character, her persona, which is I think is a solid branding thing, and. Uh, but I haven't been as tapped in with the music because I just don't honest, just honestly, I don't listen to that much rap and hip hop. But the stuff that I have heard of her, she's out of here. So she, she kills I, everything yeah. she's on. Right. Everything. So, she's a feature writer. You know, some yeah. people just ride all their features. Yes. She's like that. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Kaylee 47 on that, but uh, produced by Astro Raw as well. So and that was, that was a, I enjoyed that track. For sure. For sure. Thank you for that. I'm going to finish up. I brought the Lifeboats Freestyle by Georgia Smith, produced by Tom Mish. And it all falls down, yeah. And it all falls down again. And it all falls down, yeah And it all falls down How can you learn how to swim before you get in? Sometimes you gotta take the plunge just to get in Life's not full of shallow and your house ain't full of armbands Stay afloat, someone might put their arm out to help you I don't know, I would If I saw somebody drowning in a sea of self-confusion I wanna be the one to try and understand Why their tide ain't coming in And their lighters ain't shining Mm. So why do we all fall down? If there's a reason we can stay afloat, why do we watch them drown? We're too selfish in the lifeboats, why do we all fall down? If there's a reason we can stay afloat, why do we watch them drown? She's staying afloat Seen all my brothers drowning Even though they knit the boat Mothership ain't helping anyone See the ships are getting bigger Full of greed and wasteful men Soaking kids with the lies Before they even got to ten mm. Sailing the internet waves A tsunami of wise A flood to take us under If we can't afford the life jackets Majority don't even have the life jacket Majority might fall with a tax bracket The minority might jump to the next bracket On the form to sign up for a raft And a pay packet With the same old Unemployed age bracket Even money sinks to the bottom when it's waterlogged So nobody truly stays afloat Why do we 
<laughs> I I particularly played that record because um the night Scary Hours 2 dropped, they played a Georgia Smith song on Sound 42. And the timeline was like, why are they playing her? We hate Georgia, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, <laughs> what? People hate Georgia what? Smith? Like that's goofy. But no, what they I don't. noticed really? what I noticed was it was a lot of Drake stands who have problems with her because of the supposed relationship they had and they broke up. So I, I tweeted, yo, letting your Drake standum make you hate Georgia Smith is insane. You guys need to have a healthy distance from the people that you love. And then my, my boy Cam quoted it and he was like, shorty real life can't sing though. And I was like, this is the narrative? <laughs> people think Georgia can't sing? Like, yo, do you remember when she dropped her debut album, Lost and Found in 2018? She dropped the same day as J-Rock. Everyone loved that album. And then like people in the thread were like, yo, people fake cared about her music because she was cute or because she was next to Drake. I was like, Yikes. really? Is, is this no. really what people think? Yikes. Like that just Not doesn't a... sound true to me at all. And like, I looked it up. The album went gold in the UK. You only have to sell hundred K copies to go gold in the UK. So whatever, really? but like, but it's, it still went gold and it, and it ended up on a lot of end of year lists and all that. And I was like, I feel like that album was pretty critically acclaimed. And I even read due to her vocal delivery, due to the production, due to the content. So I was just like, this is really weird, but it just goes to show the whole sub subjectivity of music. But I want to hear you guys thoughts on Georgia Smith too, because I, I didn't know people hated her. Like Olivia, this is news to got? me. I didn't know she had that thing going on with Drake, but I know if you're going to hate everyone that Drake's had some type of something with, that's a long list. I don't know if J -Lo, you can keep up with Serena that. Williams, <laughs> right. like Rihanna, you know, come on. No shade to Drake, but you know, he's doing his thing and yeah, you can't do that. I don't know. Personally, I've never gotten like into her simply because I think she's a great vocalist. I don't think you can really like debate that she's not a good vocalist, but I don't think her music moves me in a way that a lot of other R&B girls do. Um, again, like thinking back to people like, I don't know, like Ari Lennox and stuff like that, where I'm like, damn, that's a powerful song. Um, she has the powerful vocals, but I don't think she has like the, the lyricism, the like, um, I don't think she's, this is gonna sound horrible. I don't think she's hurt. Like, I don't think that's, she's like finding a way to get through to people in that's a way that R&B has to, mm -hmm. but I don't think that people should like, I don't think she's, she's hateable. That's a little much. Like she doesn't no, no, do anything course. to like provoke people really, I don't think. So I don't know why people would hate her, but I can see not being too enticed with her personally. I, I could see that also. One, one thing I think that sometimes is a factor People from across the pond, I think sometimes just don't get it. Like what mm. what we our life, it's just a different perspective. And yeah. yeah, she's speaking on things that are, I guess, ubiquitous to the world, like love and heartbreak and whatnot. But I think for the obviously all the ones that you spoke about, those are American, like people who are like I think right. they speak to a certain you just I don't know. Maybe that's the thing I that I think yeah. about, but I I've I felt this way with, with some UK acts. And most of the time UK acts to me, I prefer the way they their approach to everything because they're so big on the craft. They're so big on not skipping steps. So I really love mm -hmm. UK artists. But that might be another thing, too, because they say some things I'm just like, I think of this more in like art in another capacity of art. I have this like ongoing thing where I, I want more like black American, um, if you will, heartthrob actors to be like out in front as opposed to like all the British ones getting all the looks. And I love the <laughs> British ones. But like, this is one of those things where it's like, y'all yeah. are telling the black American experience. Why shouldn't that be told by a black American? Not that mm. it's, a, it's a different black experience. You have the same black experience, but it's a different one. And so I just think about that maybe being a factor here in like other parts of the art of, of the arts 
if you will, like those things not hitting those things not hitting home a little, you know, a little bit more because it's like I don't know, like yeah. I maybe I don't feel you the way I would feel a SZA, an Ari. Yeah. So. Definitely. Yeah. But and not to say she doesn't make good Ron, music. The rawness, yeah. though, I think. Yeah. That's a main factor. The like, rawness. You, know, you got to get word. to the rawness first, and then yeah. everything else I think falls in line. Yeah, yeah. and that I think it has fun. more to do with how I consume music. So I'm not necessarily like I feel like good songs and like good, well crafted songs are a dime a dozen. But songs that make me like feel something that like pull some type of emotion out of me, that's mm-hmm. what I'm gonna find to be like moving and worthwhile. And that's the, the way I look at like my clients' music and like what I listen to personally. Yeah. I think a lot of that like informs how I feel about her. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. No, that's a really, really good point. Like, and I would say of from, from the album Lost and Found, I would say February third made me feel something. Like, that's probably the best song on on her her album. So I, I don't know if you heard it, but definitely check that one out. But that's a really good point. Like, she she still has to kind of hit that level where she's relating to people, where people are like, oh, like Georgia vibes. You know, like it's like Summer Walker vibes, yeah. SZA vibes. Like, did those really resonate? Georgia, Georgia just she makes really good music like that that's just that's really where it is and I'm, I'm looking forward to her next project she's been on like tracks with burner boy and a bunch of other people and like everything i've heard is good but it's like yeah she's still missing that thing that makes her connect like completely with people but it's the yeah i was i was just so baffled with seeing all that hate all that vitriol i was like what like, yeah people have this like deep hatred for a lot of like I hate to bring this into it, but really it goes back to like, people love to hate women. Like they really love to like, hate like people, I guess, and just like popular, what's popular, Mm -hmm. like people like to hate, but they don't Mm -hmm. seem to have that hate for like mid-tier R&B guys. Like no one's like hating Givian. Like he doesn't have haters, but like Georgia Smith, like that's, that's a certain amount of like hate that it's deeper than just not liking her music. For them, Which I think has to do with the Drake thing for sure. Yeah. That's yeah, that's the only thing I, I can think about. She hasn't said anything crazy, as far as I know. She keep, keeps to herself. She's pretty quiet. She be yeah. posting fire pics on Instagram. Like, how, how can I, you? I don't think she person? said anything. I can't think of one thing, good or bad, that she said. Yeah, like, she hasn't yeah. said anything memorable. Yeah, yeah. So very very weird but ladies and gentlemen if you want to hear these tracks and the rest of our slides from previous weeks hit the stay busy slide deck playlist on all platforms in the link tree in our twitter and instagram bio if you want to slide at it send it to us at stay busy pod on ig and twitter or email us at stay at gmail.com make sure you join that mailing list as well about to jump into this board meeting but before that we got to play a fun game of auto reply so to remind you of the rules nick and i are going to go back and forth saying a word to our guest olivia and she's going to say the first thing that comes to mind there's no pressure it's going to be real fun to loosen up stretch a little bit you know what i'm saying (laughs) take a breath it's going to be it's going to be real cool are you ready though yeah i'm ready let's do it all right nick you want to kick us off brother we're gonna start easy social social I guess like social butterfly, like being nice. more than yeah. social media. Like, yeah, you know. it, but it could be anywhere. It don't got to be associated okay. to what you do. Because you'll see when we right. get to the world, it's going to be random. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm a person before I'm a business, you know? There you go. There you go. Butterfly. Cool. Uh, next word is acupuncture. Acupuncture? Yo, I love acupuncture. I guess I just think about like my acupuncturist. <laughs> Sherry Chang, am I allowed to say her name on yeah, here? Shout out Sherry. So we'll shout say out Sherry Chang up in Brooklyn. That's my girl. Uh, shout out Sherry. Yeah, I go every week. I fucking love acupuncture. I'm like the biggest acupuncture proponent ever. Love that. Um, love big that. deal. Like mental and physical health. It's really helpful. Mm. 
So yeah, mental physical. There we go. Health. Next word is impression. Impression. Ooh, maybe like first impression. First. Okay. That's a big. Yeah, that's a big one. Next word is boss. 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 I'm thinking about boss talks. Think about my my interview series. Normally on the other side. Better plug myself here, you guys. Yeah, speaking (laughs) of that, I just did the biggest one of my career um, with the, I can't say who, but you guys are going to find out soon. She's massive. Like, she's never given an interview before, too. So this will be her first. Yeah, this is her debut, and she tells all. She's one of the OGs, so it's going to be cool. Very nice. Dope. That's what I think about. She's a boss. That's who I think. She is a boss. She is a a president at a major label, so that's what I'm going to say. Nice, nice. But yeah. We'll go with amethyst is next amethyst collab me my company um i think about amethyst like why i named it it's like divine feminine energy right which like anyone Mm -hmm. can tap into not just women like everyone really should be tapping into their divine feminine Um, that's what i think about talk about it next word is cultivate cultivate i guess i think about like art curation um, which yeah. is random like museums like cultivating like a vibe or whatever so, um, so museum let's go with museum. yeah Are museum <laughs> i'm thinking okay. like moma right now nice <laughs> so next one is stimulus stimulus check baby run me that money <laughs> that's what i'm thinking about <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't know honestly last word is olivia 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 me olivia shall hope me i don't know many other olivia's Besides Olivia Rudinsky, that's my girl. She's Miley Cyrus's uh, social media manager. Oh, okay. Oh, All right. Dope. Very fun game of auto reply. We're going to get into this board meeting. We got a fun conversation coming up with Olivia Shalhope, digital lead for Trippy Red, founder of Amethyst Collab, host of Boss Talks, and just a genuinely kind presence on social media, which we love. Thank you, um, so let's get into your background. We kind of spoke a bit off mic about, you know, where you grew up and all that, but tell the people, you know, uh, where you were born, kind of how you grew up, and what developed your interest in, in music early on? Yeah, okay, so I guess in my, like, young life, I bounced around through a lot of cities. I was born outside of New York City, around here. Um, you don't need to know where, because I don't need anyone looking at my birth chart. That's, that's <laughs> one thing. <laughs> I don't need anyone knowing what day and time, you know, that's none of your business. But outside of New York City, it's the closest you need to know. Um, and then lived in the D.C. area for a little bit, DMV represent, and then moved to Southern California, yeah. um, about an hour south of L.A., yeah, Orange County, yeah. where I spent like most of my like, formative years and then went back to D.C. for school, back to L.A. for work. And now I'm in New York City in Brooklyn, Brooklyn, baby. Um, and that's it. Yeah, basically, I've been I feel like I've been really heavily influenced by like every major city, which is cool. Or the three, not the South though. I'm I'm coming to the South next. That's for sure. That's a fact. I love the South. Every time Atlanta, I'm on, I just I, yeah, I've I've enjoyed it. Atlanta's amazing. I'm on my way. I got a few clients down in Atlanta, and um, I represent a company down in the South in Memphis. So I gotta gotta get down there at some point because I think Southern culture is becoming like so widespread in the U.S. Yes, so absolutely. it would be like crazy to neglect it. Absolutely, and so. Um, obviously being, being a digital lead, you know, you're very involved in using social media and planning campaigns and all that. Is that something that you, did you study like PR or, or something similar to that in college? Or was it something that you kind of stumbled upon a- after? 
No, well, I went to school in DC and I studied international politics. Um, I was, when I was in college, I was like a researcher at the Library of Congress. I wrote about um, sectarian conflict in the Middle East and I'm published um, in the Library of Congress. I was the youngest person to be published on that topic actually at the time, which was exciting. Yeah. So I had a very promising future in international politics, which I (laughs) threw away the second I met um, Nipsey Hussle and started doing some stuff for his um, nonprofit. I got very much into the like hip hop nonprofit world. I worked for Hip Hop Caucus, who is um, it's Jay-Z and Diddy's nonprofit. And they basically focus on voter engagement in the hip hop community. Um, anyone, like you could literally Google anyone even slightly involved in hip hop and they've been part of a campaign with Hip Hop Caucus. Um, they're really cool. And that's what really bridged the gap for me between like the social type of work that I was doing and the music work that I'm doing now. Um, And of course, I always like keep like I was always doing social medias at these jobs. And like even when I worked for an embassy, I was like running their digital presence and stuff like that. Um, So I've always known I liked it, but really actually started as an A&R assistant. And my boss, it was at Maverick Management subsidiary, George Orco. I worked under Nick George and he would always put me on these social media projects. And he's like, you're so good at this. Can you do this? That And I was always like. I want to do A&R like I want to do more of the you know take me to the label meetings whatever um but thank god that he saw something in me that I didn't necessarily like want to lean into um just because back then it was like this was years ago where social media it's still kind of like frowned upon as a job title but back then it was like oh social media is lame like everyone we should delete our Facebooks and whatever but now it's like a very necessary profession like you cannot be I really believe you cannot be a billboard charting artist and not have a social media manager or at least like a social media strategist um it's the number one part of rollouts right now anything digital there's you know especially because we don't have the in-person things that we used to due to like COVID and stuff but in general I think even when things are back in person I think social is going to be the first thing still that fans look to for new artists. So yeah, that's kind of what got me into it. Um, and then Trips manager, Charlene, she gave me the opportunity with him. And from there, it was just like a snowball effect where I was like, yeah, this is what I'm good at. This is what I love. Um, I'm going to lean into it. That's really dope. That's really dope. Finding that it's, it's great to know when you have a, an aptitude for something, yeah. had some experience and gets to cultivate it and then people recognize it. And then you, it's almost like it found you in a way. You know, it did. It, 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 it did yeah, find me. And I resisted for a minute. I was like, yeah. social media. <laughs> right. How right. am I supposed to do? Because I love doing social media, like for myself. Like I love mm-hmm. just like being up on trends and whatever. And I think that's what sets me apart from a lot of social media managers where a lot of people come at it like 100% from the analytical side. Whereas like, I really have always like had my feet on the ground with trending digital topics yeah, and yeah, things yeah. like that. Um, I think it helps me like be in touch with my artist fan base. And because like all the artists I take on, I'm like part of their general internet community, if that makes sense. Like I'm, I've always been into like SoundCloud rap. So of course I knew how to talk to Trippy's audience. Um, And I think that's what also like sets me apart is I wouldn't take like a random client, right? Like I'm very like specific about which audiences I know I can market to. Right, right, right. Are you of the mind, I'm just curious, just get right into it. Are you of the mind that an artist needs to be everywhere or in when in a social in the digital world we're gonna say digitally because you were digitally in a digital stand okay cool in the, on all socials does the artists have a presence everywhere or should they just focus on a few really engaging their audience like how what is your perspective on that you're not gonna like it you're not gonna like the answer um, i always 
just have to say you have to be everywhere now um but you do have to know which platforms are platforms that you should really invest your content creation into and which are more like boxes you need to check um personally i believe that instagram is now a box you need to check right it's not necessarily because the algorithm and the way it works now so ad heavy it's not necessarily a platform that you're gonna blow up on or grow from anymore obviously like trip has a lot of success on there because he really started early with like socializing on instagram and stuff but now right now starting right now i don't believe you have the same capacity to blow up on instagram but you can definitely lose momentum from not being on instagram so knowing which platform is which for you knowing like where your fans live um tiktok is a must you can't not be on tiktok like artists like to say like Oh, but my fan base, especially like rappers, they'll be like, but my fan base is on TikTok. They are, they are, no matter what size you are, like there's every single, there's like a golden mm-hmm. retriever fandom on TikTok. Like there's anything on there, <laughs> you yeah. know, there's nothing you can't tap into. So you have to be everywhere, but don't shy away from like repurposing. I tell everyone, right. there's no reason you can't post your TikToks or erase that watermark and put them up on reels. You don't right. have to necessarily be making new content, but you shouldn't neglect anything, especially in the early phases. I think about also too. I I got two questions. I'm always that way, <laughs> but <laughs> I think about uh, you know as from an independent artist standpoint, when you're thinking about okay, I know I need to be everywhere. Okay, how do I find my voice? And you're trying to do all that at the same time, and you're trying to say okay, what type of content do I even create? And then you think about some artists who are really great and they post their music content. And then some artists are literally like their social media presence has nothing to do with their art. It's just them. And you're just Mm -hmm. into them as a person. And so how do you go, how do you suggest about, you know, artists going about trying to find what content to even put out their voice to even put out there in the world? Because I think it is important to, yeah, put out social media, but also have a presence um, that people want to tune into, you know? Yeah. So something that I find really important is knowing that, especially in the beginning phases of your career, you're not responding to what you think your fans like. You're teaching them what to like, right? Like, so you set that foundation. Yeah. Like if you want to post, if who you are as an artist is posting your music all the time, find good ways to do that. If who you are is like a little Nas X, like he posts memes and shit posts and you're like funny, um find fans that like that like you need to find the fans that will respond to your content rather than curating your content to what you think fans will respond to i think that's how you create longevity this is why she here Uh (laughs) y'all this is why she's here we need that see that's that's something i haven't even i haven't even thought of teach them what to like which is goes back to just putting out what's natural yeah. to you, what comes natural to you, you feel like yeah. you enjoy doing. Because you got to manage, you got to create it. So when we're talking about the content, what's sort of the day-to-day for digitally for someone like a trippy, a huge artist like that? What's that day-to-day looking like? A lot of partnerships. So they'll do, you know, especially around releases, like partnerships with DSPs and brands and things like that. Um, the bigger the client is, the more your job will be dealing with partnerships, which is always fun. Like I love any type of partnership, content collaboration, things like that. A lot of like approving copy, um, cop yeah, so much yeah. more. So copy for people who don't know is instant is like caption writing. Um, and you'd be surprised how many people don't know that. Like, I know you two obviously know this, but like the general population doesn't use that terminology. But writing copy is like a huge part of my job and like tweaking like where emojis go, what emoji we're using. Like, that's very wow. important to me. 
Yeah, at, at one point, a big part of my job was like approving what we had a separate team who was running like text marketing for one of my artists. And I would like have to approve where they put the emojis because that stuff is like, it matters. Um, I know it sounds crazy, no, but yeah, it I'm matters. Curious. And you, you have to be like, like, I'm very like anal about this stuff, right? Like I wouldn't even put an extra exclamation point where it doesn't sound. And like, you have to be like that type of crazy to be a good social media wow. manager or good digital lead. Um, like I spend so much time tweaking copy. Um, a lot of analytics too. I run a lot of analytic reports. Um, you also have to be like data minded to be good at this job. Usually social media teams will have like a data side and a creative side. And I'm like fortunate where I can do both. And I do both to brag. I feel like I do both pretty well. So you, you like have to tap into that data side because otherwise like how are you going to show your clients the results or like what you're doing, right? Because um, they'll see like followers and stuff, but that's not always what I focus on. Right. I'm stuck on this emoji thing. Please tell me what it matters <laughs> if I use the shark emoji and put yeah. it in the front or then, you know, shout out Neon Shark and the Pegasus for Pegasus. But yeah. like, th- th- why does that matter? And what message would one yeah. put out versus the other being in front, that back? Like what, what's the thought process behind that? So with someone, let's, we can use him as an example, even though I'm not talking particularly about him, like with someone like Trippy, whose fans are, and I love this about his fans, like he's such a fun artist to work with yeah. because his fans are highly dedicated, highly tuned in. You cannot post and delete for someone like him. It's already up on a million uh, fan pages, you know? So <laughs> nice. fans will analyze every single tweet and I'll see like stuff that he posts himself. They'll be like, this is his label posting, you know? Like fans feel very connected to the way an artist speaks and presents themselves and like using two emojis instead of three where like he always uses three. Um, They're going to be like, this isn't authentic. Like he's just faking it. This is label. Um, and you got to know what you, Whoa. fine. Like that's fine. You know, you want to feel like you're hearing what you are, like you're hearing directly from the artist um and you don't want to like fail an artist fan base by just letting acting like the little things are important when they're important to the fan base because that's what you're catering to ultimately is the fans which goes back to why like understanding that base is important to to working social media for that base right because you can't market to people you don't know yeah so you thought you put out this tweet the other day, and I want to read it, and then I want to give you Uh-oh. some time to expound Uh-oh. on it. You thought it. you were going to escape the tweet? You thought you were just going to put that out there and not Uh-oh. get it right? Why not? <laughs> I saw it. I immediately sent it to the chat. I was like, we're talking about this when she oh, comes no. in. Exactly. No, it's a good thing. It's, it's so, a great thing. So what I think. It's, it's crazy that people don't look at Trippy as a case oh, yeah. study in genius social media strategy. He has double the followers of Lil Nas X. A higher engagement yeah. rate than Kim K, and yet no think pieces on how brilliant his use of socials to engage a fan base is. The, the floor yeah. is yours. He's a genius. And like he built all this stuff before I ever came into the team. Like he's been running his socials up and popping since like 2017 when he first blew up on SoundCloud. To this day, he has the number one, the most played song on SoundCloud of all time Fuck Love with X. Um, really of all time of all time so he defines a generation of rap and people don't like to give that to not just him but to like anyone of the soundcloud rap generation like if i straight up told my mom like i'm working for little nas x she would know who i'm talking about but if i'm like i'm working for trippy red maybe i have to explain a little more um which is that's just so crazy to me that he isn't necessarily revered as like a genius because people are always talking about like miley cyrus she's so good at socials like yes she is little nas x also very good at socials 
but the way that he's built a fan base that translate like he sells out on tour his merch sells really well like he got a billboard number one album um Mm -hmm. we just hit for neon shark top 20 for deluxe that's crazy um and people just don't like to associate the fact that the way he uses social media plays into why his fan base feels so strongly about him it's also a similar trope for like nba young boy right like his his fan base nuts whoa (laughs) like that's it's a massive massive fan base and they feel very strongly connected to him as an artist and that translates for him it translates to like a lot of youtube success um but just the way that we, I think, measure fan bases and like how good or like how followed artists are, I don't think it's as wide of an angle as it needs to be. So people like of the SoundCloud generation, of the NBA Youngboy like YouTube generation, um, tend to get overlooked. That's a That's fact, yeah. Thought. Like these days being a SoundCloud rapper, it's it's used like negatively. Like it's yeah. like, oh, yeah. They're, they're just a SoundCloud rapper. They're part of that SoundCloud way. But it's like, some of the true gems you find on SoundCloud and, and they yes. develop that, that organic following. You yep. can tell that they're really grinding, getting it out the mud and then they end up on yes. billboard charts like Trippy did. So it's, it's, yeah. I mean, we really have to change that language or we call someone, oh, he's just a SoundCloud rapper. Like, cause these, some of these just sound, Lil Uzi Vert was just yeah. a SoundCloud rapper. Look at him now. Yeah, Yachty, they're like, topping the charts. The SoundCloud yeah. generation birthed the sound that is like, Uzi, Cardi, Yachty, like they really birthed that sound and look how well that sound does. It's it's crazy. So I think giving them like their flowers is really important and it does translate to commercial success. Like mm-hmm. I said, he sells out tours, he sells out merch, he tops the billboard charts. Like he, he went head to head with Ariana Grande on the Apple charts that day. It was back, forth, back, forth. Um, Pegasus. That's I'm a huge about. statement. People don't realize. That's that. a huge statement. So I feel like when I, and I honestly had this realization, I made that tweet because I was talking to my parents. So they're both, of course, like big music heads. I grew up in a very like musical family. Um, my dad is like, plays all kinds of instruments, whatever. But I was explaining to them like Trip's success because they were helping me make like my case study, which is how I just like quantify his success. And they were like shocked. They're like, how have we never heard of this artist? Like he has, because I was rattling off that statistic where he had more Billboard top five albums than anyone else in the past two years. Um, This was in 2020 and 2018 and more Billboard top five albums. He never Mm -hmm. released an album that was not in the top five on Billboard, Mm -hmm. which is, yeah more than drake more than that more than anything um because well that's one because he releases a lot he probably he he releases a lot of albums and they always do well it doesn't seem to water down success for him when he when he does these continuous releases feed them wow (laughs) yeah they hungry yep so that's like a crazy statistic that people just you know you guys even are like shocked to hear it like people just don't necessarily think of him in that realm um whereas Gives the numbers to prove it, really. The numbers, the fans, whatever. That's what you call knowing your audience and knowing and super serving your audience and knowing what the heck they actually want. Exactly. Like, he's a branding genius, really. His manager told, she said that exact sentence to me before I even joined the team. She's like, he's his own branding genius. And he is. Like, he knows what he's doing. He's not just like a shit poster who got lucky. He's very, very smart. And so I believe that all of these, like, SoundCloud generation rappers i think people kind of look at them as like you blew up on soundcloud you got lucky you had a hit whatever they're smart they are marketing essentially they're marketing and they're people you should look to for like okay why was this successful nba young boy why is what he does successful 
he's not just like a kid who's getting lucky um these people there's a method to the madness behind all of them what's the flow so far as y'all how you creatively bounce ideas back and forth for socials so like is it like you know olivia go run do your thing all right and then bring us some stuff every week and let's see what we're doing or is i'm sure someone like trippy who's very involved seems to be at least is like hey olivia let's do this let's do that that what is the sort yeah. of the flow between y'all the creatively um when it comes to like business like partnership stuff that's all me but he very like his instagram that's all him like that's real that's he posts what he wants to post on Instagram. Right, You're going right. to see what he wants to post. Um, and I think, again, it just goes back to why people love him so much. Because he, you know, he posts multiple times throughout the day. And even if you don't see that on his feed, like he'll go back and archive and stuff. But he doesn't let a day go by without posting, which is genius. And it's usually something I have to like shake down my clients to do. But because right. he is so tapped into his audience, he has a big hand in like the creative, especially like visual creative stuff. Um, he's just he's he's a creative. He's a very creative guy all around. So it's very yes. helpful for me. This is so dope. I'm I, I'm finding my love and realizing how much I I'm like a huge consumer of date of digital stuff and like I'm always yeah. on social. I'm always on something, and so I'm realizing my love for it's more and more. You talking about it? You know, the, the <laughs> yeah, it has it and, that effect. Yeah, and and there's just it, so much more that goes into this stuff than people realize. Exactly, yeah. and thinking about the world, how big the world is right now for an artist to be able to hit the billboard charts over the head the way he has but then at the same time it shows you the scope of the world and the digital world specifically how he's able to do that but still people don't haven't heard that or know that fact it mm -hmm. just shows you that really if you focus on what is in front of you your audience your people you can really make something happen you can make a wave and really at the end of the day support mm -hmm. yourself and your family and do what you really have always yeah. wanted to do so yeah, and support your own artists. He has artists that he signed. If you guys check out K Suave's projects, Thought Slayer 2 came out. Um, mm -hmm. Trip has a few features on there. Triple H is like the breakout type of song from there that I've been listening to. But he, yeah, he's a businessman, right? He's turned this into now. He's signed artists and he's helping them produce their albums and things like that um, because he's just good at this. He knows how to market an artist. He's done it successfully himself. So it's it's cool how much this can turn into for artists. Love that. Uh, jumping back into you in particular. So um, Billboard is clearly just one of the most renowned publications of all time. You grow up reading the magazines, you check the charts every week. So how did it yeah. feel to be recognized for the great work that you're doing by such a uh, respectable publication? Oh my God, it felt crazy. I was so excited. So when I, I always write down my goals, I'm big into like manifestation and I think you got to write it um, just like helps goals, the to-do yep. list, whatever. Yep. I keep everything written. And I sat down at the beginning of January and I wrote like my three goals for the year. And number two was being on billboard. And before the first week of January was over, I got that email from, from a writer. Billboard. Mm. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah, it's crazy. So I just had this moment. I was like, oh my god like freaking out I like ran at the time I had a roommate and I like ran I was like oh my god to my roommate like freaking out and she's not in the music industry so she was like what's billboard you know <laughs> she was just oh like whatever it's such a humbling moment because she was <laughs> like funny. cool like good for you right. um but it was cool because I didn't realize so the writer she did such a phenomenal job of like telling my story Tatiana 
Um, and I'm always kind of like nervous to tell my story because I'm young and I get really nervous that like being young, people will just automatically discredit me and be like, oh, you just got lucky to have your position with Trippy or anyone else. Whereas like really I've put so many years of work into it, but she right. did a really good job of like reflecting that. And yeah. I didn't realize, so I knew I was getting a column in physical billboard and she was sending one. I was like, can you please send one to my parents? So she sent one <laughs> to my parents and I got one too, which was cool, but I didn't realize it would also be a digital article. So I went on like Twitter and like somebody, I think it was like Lottie or something like tagged me under billboards tweet. And I was like, what is this? And then it was me. And there's like this whole article with my face on it. And I was like, oh my God, Tatiana, like texting Tatiana, like, thank you so much. This is yeah. crazy. And she's like, oh yeah, like you didn't know that it would be online too. I was like, no, I had, I had no clue until I saw it that it would be like airing digitally, which was super exciting for me, um, especially yeah. because the digital article had so much more about like me than Amethyst, right. where like the column in the physical, the print version was more about like Amethyst and the panels. And the digital article was about like me and my journey with like my artists and things like that. So it was, it was surreal, really. I'm still kind of riding that high. Like it was, it was awesome. Yes. Love that. Congrats to you. I'm sure there's only more to come because you're, you're constantly, you. constantly bigging up the woman and you just have such a, a great presence on social media with what you're doing. Thank you. Um, and so with Amethyst Collab, which you said you started back in 2018, um, tell us, you know, the, the, the motivation behind starting that and, and what it's been like to kind of run that yourself over the course of the years. Yeah, so 2018, I started it. I was in my little, like I mentioned earlier, I lived in an apartment with five girls in DC. I was in college. Um, I was about to graduate. And I one night just like had the idea. And then I stayed up all night making the website. I had no clue how to make websites. That was how I just like manifested the idea. I was on Squarespace using their like user services chat, like bothering the, the customer service chat all night. Like, how do you do this? How do you do this? Literally 48 hours, didn't sleep, just made the website. And that's how I like fleshed out all my ideas was just making this website. And it was like private, of course, it wasn't public or anything. And I sent it to my friend, Audrey, who Audrey, she'll probably watch this. She is like my OG day one girl. She does all the like graphic and video stuff for me um and she I was like Audrey like what do you think about this and she was like yes I love it let's do it like let's dive into it um and the two of us made like this visual like music video style project together to our friends music video and that's what Amethyst was at the moment I didn't really know what it was um I just knew I wanted to do something for women in music and as I got gained more like traction in my own self in the industry and things like that um I kind of just turned it into like what it is today when I saw the opportunity during quarantine. So we really like took off in April of 2020. Um, yeah. But that period between was just kind of me like figuring out where I wanted to take it. And to be honest, it definitely took a back burner to like my personal career. Um, but in 2020, it was like, it's time. Um, and I launched it and I started by just like hitting up my personal contacts because I worked in management. So I hit up like some of the girls I knew who were managers and then it spiraled and Trippy's manager, Charlene, she was on the first ever panel. Um, and it from there, just like total snowball effect. I used to like cold DM people on Instagram <laughs> and be like, would you be in my panel? Like I host panels. Um, and now I communicate directly with like the head of publicity at major labels. Like that's normally how I get my panels now. Yeah, very different process now than me like cold Instagram DMing. 
Um, but I'm just really happy to see what it's turned into. It's been really fun. What's been the reception? I, it seems as if people have really jumped on it. I'm sure the women, you know, obviously we want women's voices to be elevated yeah. because women are doing the work, you know what I'm saying, and too often not getting the outward credit for doing the work. So I'm sure a, a platform like this, women are probably jumping at the opportunity. I'm sure you're, you know, you're, you almost can't feel enough of the request. Yeah. So how has been the reception? <laughs> And I never like, I never say no. I'm not like, especially something I've tried to be very intentional of is because a lot of my contacts are at like major labels, agencies, management companies, whatever. I've never wanted to like keep that exclusivity to my panels. I've always wanted to have at least one person who is like a business owner on every panel. If you go back and look, I've, I think I've done that. Um, just really important to me to make these panels like honest and realistic because not everyone in the music industry is going to work at a major label um, yes. you can have a very fruitful career like not under a, a big Literally, company name never touch a label yeah and, and a lot of people have and I wanted to show that because that was like my own journey in the industry like I've never worked I've worked at like a small label I've never worked at like a major label um I don't think that's somewhere I like see myself. It's not like my end goal is not to work at a label. Whereas I feel like people have the misconception that everyone's end goal is to, to be at a major label where it's not necessarily the truth anymore. And I wanted to showcase that. Um, it's definitely hard now to like field requests and I get a lot of um, like, it's been a very positive response. Honestly, we haven't really gotten much like hate knock on wood. I feel like eventually we will because people are, people hate anything I see hate under like cooking videos on TikTok so I'm like you know what I'll brace myself you know right. if you can hate like a shrimp casserole you can hate anything but <laughs> right but the the biggest shock I think about amethyst reception has been that like a, a large amount of our supporters have been men and men love this shit like I don't know what's what's up with you guys or if I just have attracted like the good men to amethyst but like guys love it. I even have had guys come to me and like try to become clients because they're like, we're so inspired by what you do for women, which is so cool. Like I wasn't expecting that kind of reception. I always expected it to be a thing where guys would be like, well, why are you putting men on panels or whatever? Um, especially because a lot of like my personal mentors and bosses and stuff have been men, but they've been more than supporting. And so have like most of the people I've come into contact with. So it's been really cool. I really love that point you made about giving people a, a true kind of look into the industry. Not everyone works at a major label because I think a lot of people, whether you're an artist, journalist like myself, digital lead like you, like we're kind of looking up. We want to connect with those people with yeah. the verified check, 10K, working at this place, working at that place. But like we've said, there's so many people who do amazing stuff behind the scenes for smaller labels or independently that don't really get that look. And, you know, it just kind of shows like how, how, down, how down to earth you are. And, and you realize like, Thank you. it's not just these big people who are doing dope stuff. It's, it's, it's the, I don't want to say little people, but like it's, it's it who is. would be looked at as, as the little people. Um, yeah. And so I kind of wanted to ask you, like, you know, being that you work with such a, a, a big artist, you're doing dope things with them and you got dope things going for yourself. Like, how, how, how is it, has it been difficult kind of maintaining, you know, who you are, kind of remembering your path to, to where you've gotten and maintaining the down to earth personality that, that you're authentically expressing here? No. <laughs> People stay humbling me all the time. My sister humbles me all the time. She called me the other day and I like accidentally hung up or something. My sister and I talk on the phone every day and she mm -hmm. calls me back and she's like, just because you're famous now doesn't mean you can hang up on me. <laughs> she's immediately, she never lets me get out of my head. Um, no, I don't know if it has yet. I think because I'm very much like, 
like the people that I tap for panels and stuff are very much my friends and like my peers. Mm. So I don't necessarily get that like cloud head, like, oh, I'm a big shot now, whatever. But I did have a big jump. Like, you know, I went from being at like more of an assistant level to now I'm at like the directorial level. And I have like people who I would have been working for are now under me. And it's very like, it's been a weird climb, right? Cause I feel weird having an assistant. I feel weird with like someone calling me boss or whatever, because also, cause I'm young. Um, and most of the people who work under me are like older than me. So that I think has been the most like reality check type of experience for me. It's like, I feel like I can't act any type of way. And I think my age plays a lot into that for sure. Wow. This is, this is, this is just amazing. I'm just so, <laughs> it's exciting. Like I, I, I do feel like one of the guys that when I saw him, I'm like, that's dope that like women yeah. aren't getting that look because I mean, if you come from any community that is, if you will, disparaged or not given credit or just overlook anything like that, I think at least for myself, I know I can speak. I love to see people speaking up for themselves, people, you know, getting yeah. together and putting their resources together and making something happen. So seeing the way that the digital panel series went and how you've been doing it, it's just, it's inspiring, like I said, for me. And yeah. uh, and also it's in the same way, it's like, it's not that, you know, a bunch of women together is, you know, uh, how do I describe this? I'm not trying to patronize when I say it's inspiring to me or that, you know, yeah. other people who are, you know, a disparaged group is getting together and they're putting together, you know, like y'all are, have earned your spot from just being yes. a, off you. merit alone. Yes. And so, and I think more men need to realize that and put the pride aside and give it up to the women who have been doing the work for decades in life, you know, since the beginning of time, yeah. you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So uh, I, I just, I'm really, really thankful that we've had you here today. And I really, really just Thank wanted you. to shout you out on your work. It's, it's important. Don't grow weary and well-doing at all. You've mm -hmm. earned it just because you're young. Yeah. Don't mean nothing. That don't means mean you nothing. Put, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, you, you, you you're really doing the work. And I think that that is so evidenced by, you know, the data from your, all your clients, but also just this, the, the impact. And that's something we talked about last week with Swaggy C is impact. And so you're someone who's being, is very impactful in what you're doing and, and don't, like I said, don't grow weary and well-doing and doing that. Because people need that, so that's that's all I Thank want. Thank you, that's so nice. <laughs> I'm gonna take that with me. <laughs> there we go. Thank you, there that's dope. Amazing conversation. Um, so we're gonna get into our bulletin board and shout out some women-owned businesses. Olivia, the floor is yours. Let us know who yes. we should be tapped into. All right, you guys. Of course, you already know. I'm gonna shout out some like management companies. So Riveter Management, um, by Charlene Bryant. Trippy Red is under Riveter Management. Um, it is just Kidley's under Riveter Management. Um, it's a dope company. Going to be like doing a formal launch in the future, probably, but it's soft launch. Um, she was also part of the like billboard um, power players. Riveter Management was under that. So it's cool. Um, Alexis Engineers, who is my assistant, who has an engineering business. She is just so dope. And she's one of the very few, I think maybe like less than 2% of women are engineers, audio engineers, which is crazy. She's really it's changing. Low. Yeah, it's low. And she's been co-signed by like some of the biggest engineers in the industry. Mix Viali from TDE co-signed her. Um, she's just phenomenal, really just bringing like other women up in the recording and like back end type of space, um, which is really cool. Of course, my company, Amethyst Collab, go check it out. We do social and digital management for artists. 
Um, digital management, I explain it's like a mix of social and PR, um, stuff like that. So go check it out. I have a website, amethyst-collab. You can find it like pretty much anywhere. Awesome. Awesome. Love that. Make sure, make sure y'all, y'all tap in. Like it's, it's so much here. The, the women just got it all for us. So, so tap into those yeah. businesses. Th- thank you for sharing them. Um, a couple of our submissions, we got Peace by PMR. This is owned by Patty Maesia. She likes to call it hand-painted black luxury because it's for us, by us. She hand paints and handcrafts accessories and apparel to help empower, celebrate, highlight black, but make it fashion. The goal is to inspire, empower, and disrupt. She has protect black women. Black women are the blueprint. Ghetto until gentrified handbag. She also has jackets. Dear back black boy, it's okay to weep to encourage men to be more expressive. Mm. And she wanted to take the two things she is most passionate about, which is black culture and fashion and make it into one world. Peace by PMR. Make sure you check that out. We also got Bella Beauty. This is owned by Samantha K. Michelle. Hope I pronounced that correctly. This is vegan handmade beauty line dedicated to providing natural products that promote healthy skin care and hair care. I'm about to tap in myself because I'm big on the skin care, exfoliating, hydrating, especially the vegan skin care. You need, need them natural products. I'm about to cop some sea moss. I, I don't know if you're, you're familiar with sea moss, oh, but I'm yes. Jamaican. You already know. I use it every day. It's responsible <laughs> for like everything. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. There's this one yeah. standoff bedside. Oh man, I wish I could find it, but she makes flavored sea moss. So it doesn't suck to like eat because you know, sea moss is like horrible. Right. Um, it too. tastes like drinking ocean water but she makes it. So if you're ever just walking down, oh, I can't remember the street in bed. So it's across from like brown butter. Um, if you're ever walking around there, mm. listeners, go cop some sea moss because it's good. Fire. Very, very key. Yeah. Well, once again, we want to thank our guest, Olivia Shall Hope for joining us, providing the thank gems, you. saluting the women and just being a genuine fun presence to have. You're welcome back here anytime. Can't wait to see when, when the next feature on you is going to be in, in a publication magazine, a billboard. Um, but yeah, just thank you so much for, for joining us and for bringing everything that you brought to the pod. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. Like definitely the most fun interview I've done. It's cool to be on the other side of the interview. <laughs> yes. Little weird, but cool. Yeah, but it was dope. It's great getting to just really talk music. That was cool. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. 100%. We love you. We love you. Yes, we love, we you, love you guys. I love stay busy. Keep it up, guys. This is a, really the dopest like podcast platform ever. Um, it's, really, it's like honestly just about the music, which is cool. Like it's so yeah. I did, you know, get to talk about myself a little bit. It's so cool to just generally be able to like discuss music and like mm-hmm. talk to people with different music opinions or similar music opinions. Like that's so I hate to say it, but it's rare. It really right. is in, in the yes, business sir. world. So it's fun. Yay. Thank, Thank you, you so much for the recognition. We're yeah. we going to keep working hard to make you proud. But ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is Stay Busy. It's the boy Armand Sadler here with my incredible co-host and our guest, Olivia. Make sure y'all follow her. We're going to be posting her on socials all week, but follow her at Gemini2Fly. Tune into Trippy Red's music. Check out Amethyst Collab and Boss Talks. But of course, stay safe, stay humble, protect our queens, and stay busy. Baby girl, baby girl, how you feeling? I've been out in the world staying busy